Cool. Welcome to Living Electric Podcast. We're here with Phil Oldridge. I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your name before we started. <laughs> Is it Oldridge? Is that right? That's perfect. You're just old and rich, so that's good. <laughs> you know, they go together. Perfect. <laughs> and he's the, the CEO of Envirotech Vehicles. So first one we've had on the podcast that's actually a lot more focused on commercial vehicles. So we're excited to talk to you today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate being here. Yeah, so do you want to give it kind of start with your background in EVs or just kind of your professional background and what led you to Envirotech today? Uh, sure. Okay. Well, it's, um, I've spent my entire actually uh, professional career and my, my uh, entire professional history in terms of uh, being in the commercial space. So I've been actively involved in the uh, commercial vehicle space since um, late 1984, early 1985. So, um, I guess it kind of dates me a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've been around for a while doing that. I, I, I got my start in the commercial um, uh, uh, transportation in terms of a commercial bus space and uh, public transit and um, spent most of my, most of my career in and around that and got my first hand at uh, the electric vehicle space, started that in uh, literally in 2010 slash 2011 and really started focusing on the de- design and development and, and commercialization of electric vehicles. And, uh, and of course, fast forward to where we are today. So here I am with EDTV. So this is, this is where we're at. Oh, that's great. So um, Phil, I'm curious about your transition from like going from like working with like combustion platforms to electric vehicles. Were you always interested in electric platforms or how did that work for you? Yeah, I suppose I was, I, um, uh, I left it late in life to, to, to have children. So I have a, a seven-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. So and my wife's 20 years younger than me. So at that time, you know, in late, you know, 2011, 2012, thinking about, you know, just taking life easy. And, and, um, and of course, you know, my wife had a different idea about that or she was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife now. <laughs> and um, so, you know, it's, I, I guess, you know, really it, it all came about. Um, when my uh, when my uh, four year old son came home from school and wanted to know, you know, he's like, "Hey, Dad, how, how come how come you don't go to work?" So I, I basically explained to him that, well, it, you know, you know, our family's blessed, but and and I do work, but it's more I'm more as a consultant, and and I tried to walk him through that, and he was like, "Yeah, but but, but why don't you go to work?" So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, point well taken. So traditional. Um, <laughs> so I, I really was focused on um, on the clean energy space and, and renewable energies, and and I just I just knew that in 2010, 2011, looking forward, I, I could see it. I knew that that um, you know the, the price of oil was just all over the place, and um, and everybody was trying to grab it and, and try to make it better and. And vehicles were trying to become, you know, more fuel efficient and more this and more that. And the simple fact is, um, I, I think that, you know, the internal combustion engine is probably at its peak. You, you're, you're never going to get it to be any better than what it is. And, um, and, and by the way, for those of us that are, you know, still have some of them, they're amazing. Like, they, they, they really are great. But at the end of the day, they're, they're not good for the environment. And, um, and, and our reliance on fossil fuel is... Uh, you know, it's it's just we we all see with climate change and stuff what's happening, and especially NOx gas and all those types of things. It's just, um, yeah. It, we, so it's all about for me. It's all about leaving the world a better place than when I got to it, 
And so I, I got very excited about electric vehicles. And, and the reason I got probably more excited than most is because <clears throat> I was in the commercial vehicle space and taking a look around, I knew that this was the advent. Things were going to change. The, um, you know, back in 2010, 2011, when you were talking to people about you know, commercial electric vehicles, everybody was laughing and would laugh. And after they picked themselves <laughs> off the ground, they're like, whatever, you know, like, you know, Phil hit his, hit his head on a rock or something. He'll, <laughs> he'll feel better later, but, um, but they're not laughing so hard now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And, and it's, um, I, I'm very, very excited to, to be at the forefront of that space. Um, and I tell people now, like the, the internal combustion engine is done. It's over. It's not a matter of if, it's just when, and the sooner that you wrap your head around it, the better, because, you know, EV right now is leading the space and, and it will continue to lead the space. And, and, and we just look at the, at, at the bounds and leaps that we've had in it. I mean, you know, when Tesla first came out, they would go 150 miles and people had range anxiety. And now Teslas go 400, 450 miles, which is, you know, further than most gasoline powered cars and the performance is way better um mm-hmm. you know maintenance is is a third of the cost of what it is i mean mm-hmm. when you think about it you've probably got you know 60 you know 50 to 60,000 moving parts in an internal combustion vehicle like total and um and when you look at you have less than 2000 in an electric vehicle like it's it's a massive yeah a massive change so i'm very excited yeah. about the space and i believe that um you know the next 10 years you won't, you, you know, nobody will be driving. Everyone will be driving electric vehicles. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Is, uh, so did Envirotech start as a like full EV company? So Envirotech, um, you know, how we got to be where Envirotech is, is, um, it's kind of a, a long story, but Envirotech was founded by my brother, David. And oh, my, okay. brother, my brother, David and I worked together, um, in a company called Green Power Bus, we were the actual original founders of Green Power Bus. Okay. And, and we built and designed um, all of their product, which was um, a very exciting time. And so, and my brother left from that company uh, much earlier than I did. And and I, by way of um, you know an unfortunate um, you know disagreement with our board our board of directors, um, you know we parted ways. And so um, at that time, you know that was in 2019. I was going to you know, just, just take it easy and sit back. And my brother had got um, Envirotech vehicles off the ground in Canada and he'd been operating for a couple of years and um, albeit that it was quite small, but it, you know, it was, um, his designs were very efficient and very clean. Mm-hmm. And I had an opportunity to, to take a look at a company that was formerly called Automani and um, Automani for all intents and purposes uh, was a company that that sold electric drive systems and um, mm. tried to rebrand them and put them into vehicles and, and it wasn't very successful. And so we had an opportunity or I had an opportunity in the group of people I was with to look at that company and financially they were in um, some bad trouble. And so through the support of some banks and uh, some other investors that had money in there, they had reached out to me and asked me to take a look at it. And so the opportunity came basically, um, you know, almost uh, 19 months ago now, 18, 19 months ago, um, in the September of that year, that it was announced that I would come in and, and take over as the CEO of the corporation. We um, restructured it and uh, changed a lot of staff and uh, cleaned up the company a little bit, got arranged some funding for it. 
And then we made an announcement that um, their stock was trading off the OTC at about seven cents a share. It was in a lot of trouble. We made an announcement that we were able to raise some money uh, for it, about $25 million. And as uh, part and parcel of that um, raise was going to be the acquisition of EVT and biotech vehicles um, Mm. into the U.S. And so I'd had a discussion with my brother at that point. He was ready to expand. He was looking for a vehicle to do it. Um, and so we work, we've, we have a history of working together. So the opportunity arose and it was just prime. So that's how we came about. Yeah, we were, uh, we were doing research on the, uh, the three vehicles that you currently have listed on your website. Can you give our listeners some more information on those? I, I do have a question about the two-speed gearbox, but I can get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, sure. I think, yeah, it'd be cool to hear an overview. Yeah, so, so the vehicles are, um, and, and you're going to see our website, website will change drastically in the next uh, 30 to 60 days. So yeah. we do have um, um, a larger variant of vehicles than you see right there. But um, the, the ones that are that we are particularly focused on are last mile delivery vehicles. We are in the commercial space. We are not in the consumer space. The, the difference between the two is that, you know, we, we don't do any passenger vehicles or anything like that. We're, we specialize in last mile delivery, sort of your Amazon, FedEx, but, you know, um, and, we, you know and, I, and I put those out there because they're, they're kind of like, oh, people understand that it's, you know, where home goods are like get from the, from the you know, their last mile, they're delivered to the point of sale. Right. But, but we're really focused on, on the commercial side of it in terms of, um, you know, your local dry cleaner, you know, local florist shops, you know, solar installation companies, um, parks and recreation inside community services, that those types of vehicles that are out and about that you see in municipalities and, and services are being done for cleanups and you know, just all of that type of stuff, meter made stuff. So we're, we're very excited and we're in that space um, and we're doing very well. Your local plumbing store, you know, th- those types of, of deliveries. So we do offer a class three and a class four truck, which is a cab and chassis. And you can put your traditional um, 12 foot, 14 foot or 16 foot box on it. Um, we have them in a variant of um, uh, where they have a dump truck on the back, electric dump boxes for parks and recreation, for topsoil housing planting. We come in a stake bed for, you know, tire shops, uh, deliveries of tires, stacks, goods, dry goods, freight, that type of stuff. Um, and, and we also have one in a refrigerated van for, for refrigeration or cooling services, you know, for deliveries to local supermarkets or stores or pop vending machines, uh, that type of stuff. Um, we offer a van. Um, which is our van. It's called the Logistics, um, which is we have that in a, in, a, in it's a traditional van without windows. You could get it in a passenger format if you wanted it, but we offer it as an incomplete vehicle um, that way. And so it comes in a high roof uh, version, so you can stand up and it's got six foot two clearance, or it also comes in a traditional low roof. And those are used for um, electrical companies, electric service vehicles, you know, plumbing, plumbing stores. Um, Parcel delivery, package delivery, all all of the above that you see like that. So, um, so we're you know they they do very very well, and we're super excited about those. We also offer it in a cutaway, so that it's, it looks like a van on the front end, and it's just a chassis on the back instead of a traditional truck. And you could put a smaller um, freight box on the back, like your Frito chip truck, or you know you know that those types of guys, a little beer deliveries yeah. or whatever it is, you know. They, sundries that type of stuff we have it and um and most recently um, and we're the first um, auto manufacturer in the united states um, that i know of right now but we've just finished um we just produced 10 and and have certified 
all of them um, are right-hand drive uh, van. And so, mm. and that is very, very exciting. And people are like, why would you build a right-hand drive? Um, <laughs> United States Postal Services use all right-hand drive vehicles. There's big announcements around that. A lot of municipalities use it for, you know, parking meter maids, those types of things. There's mm. huge application for it and, and people don't really realize it. So um, it, was a, it was a long drawn out process for us to get that done. It was a bit of an arduous task, but we are complete. And, um, and so we have a, a VIN sequence for that. Um, so we're very excited about that. And, and I, I think the one thing that I want to share with you more than anybody or, you know, and the most important thing, because there are a lot of companies um, in this space and a lot of companies trying to get in the space and, and as many falling out at the same time. Right. And, and, and I can share with you, you know, the big reasons behind that. Um, and of course, funding is always one of them, but, mm -hmm. but the most important thing is, is, there's a lot of companies in the space right now that they've got really flashy websites, really beautiful stuff. It's amazing. And you go and look at it. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. It's kind of Jetson type looking and everything else. And, and, um, and the reason I use the word Jetsons is because that was a cartoon from, from the sixties and the seventies. And I'm a kid from the sixties. And so the Jetsons <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, right. The Jetsons, right. And so, yep. um, and I'm 61 years old today and I'm still waiting for the Jetsons to show up. So, um, <laughs> You know what I mean? And, and they use it all the time. We're like, oh, it's going to be a very Jetsons-type vehicle. Yeah, well, that's what they were saying 40 years ago. And, uh, <laughs> years ago. So the reason I like to bring this up and point it out is because um, if you're not homologated in the world homologation, when you homologate something, that means that you conform it um, to the United States Department of Transportation or you would conform it to a European standard. And so to homologate a vehicle is a very – arduous process mm -hmm. and um and after you've conformed it and you've got it homologated through united states department of transportation and through fmvss federal motor vehicle safety standards and last but not least NHTSA, the national highway transportation and safety administration if you can get through that process and you can afford it in the long run and then then you're going to be in a place where where you can start to to really make some deliveries right. um, fortunately for us and and praise god um, we are through all of those, and our vehicles are homologated. They are. They do have a U.S. VIN sequence. You can go to NHTSA and look us up, and our VIN sequence will come up, and, nice. and you can see that we are a real live vehicle manufacturer. <laughs> nice. Um, the others, the sort of Jetson-looking guys, at the end of the day, those are glorified skateboards, and um, and you just need to know that. You know, like if you want to go over to Target and ride around on the floor of the supermarket at Target on one, you can do that. Um, you know, they oversize and they build them up and they say, oh, yeah, we're, we're about a year away. We're about two months away. We're about um, and let me put it in perspective for you. If you had it finished today and you knew what you were doing and you had all the money that it required you to get through and get all that testing and stuff done and you really knew what you were doing, it would take you about 18 months. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when people tell you that, oh, yeah, like, you know, by Christmas we'll be done. I know, and, and Santa's coming too, right? So, um, so I, we're very, I'm very grateful that 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 we're there, and and it's uh, and and I and we hang our hat on it. You know, it's uh, uh, both my brother and I. It's it's not an easy task. You know, we did it for Green Power Bus. It's uh, it's you know the, the process. If, if you don't understand how to make it happen, um, you know, and even getting in in, our, in the case of our vehicles, we even have an EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, certification. 
and um, and we're through that too. So we're very very wow. excited about that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean to to have the foreshadow and like the understanding that the industry is going to go eventually that way, and to work from early on in this industry—that's awesome. And I mean, it definitely sounds like you guys were thinking of all these aspects and dynamics to these vehicles for them to be adaptable from the beginning. That's right. that's incredible. Yeah, it was. Um, we we just knew it was coming. I mean, we've all seen it, right? We've mm -hmm. you know we all grew up with these little tiny cars that you plug some batteries in, you turn them on, and they ran around for five <laughs> minutes and they died, and then we all hated them because right. you know we'd run through batteries after batteries and they never worked, <laughs> and we just end up throwing them away. And so, um, and um, you know, and even my own son, I see him with that stuff, and and it has bothered me. I look at it and say, you know what? There's actually a much better way of of, of building those things and making them last. And and the secret in it, or the sauce, you know, to really make it work, is when you can go DC to DC, direct current to direct current. Mm. You see, the most the most stable power source in the world is a battery. You know, it's once it's fully charged, it comes down evenly. The flow is nice and even, and it and it does does very very well. So the secret to an electric vehicle and making an electric vehicle. Um, go further and last longer and have more range is, you know, to go DC to DC. So you take the direct current out of a battery and, and uh, usually those are a high voltage battery, 600 volts or less. So the more systems that you can um, create and implement and keep inside your vehicle that are a high voltage system, the more efficient your vehicle becomes. And people say, Phil, I, I don't understand. What do you mean? Well, here's a good example. Um, if you look at a traditional vehicle today, most of the stuff works off either you know 12 volts or 24 volts. Mm -hmm. When you have low voltage, in order for that to become efficient, you have to have a there's a higher amperage draw. Mm -hmm. So, and all you have to do is you know you can always tell you know if you have a boat or if you're you know if you ever have to replace a battery in your car, and I'm sure you've all done that over time. Everybody else says, hey, you know, get the most cranking amps you can. Why is that? Well, you need a lot of amperage because if you're going to be cranking around. Because when you have high amps, it'll last a little bit longer. So they had tendency that you know the higher cranking amps will make your, your battery last a little bit longer. So when you have high amperage draw on low voltage, that kills batteries. So mm -hmm. if you can have high voltage and low amperage draw, it goes the other way, right? Now those right. they start to become efficient. So in in our application, we try to keep as many things, even our air conditioning systems, you know, that we use in our electric vehicles work off high voltage we don't really? have anything wow. that's off low voltage and convert so everything you know we try our best to make every single thing work off high voltage that's not to say we don't have some low voltage application but generally that low voltage application is is mainly just to, to turn the vehicle on and to power it up and so that you know that the low voltage side can communicate to our high voltage sides and bring the high voltage on side so but we try very very hard not to have any uh, low voltage systems within our vehicles. Right. Interesting. You get all that, Brandon? Yeah. No, I did. I was I was just curious because like I, I have a lot of experience with light duty vehicles. So do I mean from like your understanding of like the industry and like high voltage uh, applications, are light duty vehicles mainly lower voltage? Like no, you can still I mean, you could put them in there, but that, you know, yeah. the higher the voltage. And so level two charging, you know, cuts, you know, at, at, like, you know, that at 599.9 volts, right? So 600 yeah. volts or less. So that's the optimum. That's where you want to be. And so, um, and so you want to be at, you know, so as, as many things that you can have operating 
and the high voltage side of your vehicle, the more efficient your vehicle will become. It's it just makes perfect sense. Got it. Okay. Yeah, th this is where Alex's engineering background and my sales background <laughs> balance each other. So <laughs> I appreciate the explanation. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's, it's really good, right? And so, you know, high voltage is, you know, it, it's it's a tremendous way. It's a great energy storage. And then and then low amperage draw, if, if you don't have very much amperage draw, I mean, you, you, you know this yourself. You look at a computer, you look at a light bulb, you look at, you know, like older style light bulbs, you know, like the amount of watts and stuff, like the draw they had was a lot more. So like LED has like zero draw and they last mm -hmm. forever. So it, it's, it's the same theory, right? Right. Got it. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So what other considerations you mentioned, like the getting all this approval and like passing all these tests and stuff, what other, other considerations go into a commercial vehicle that people might not realize because you mentioned right-hand drive as well is there other kind of design considerations that go into a commercial vehicle sure well you know it, it, let's just look at the fundamental differences between consumer and commercial on the consumer side um you know we, we all have our our personal choices our own preferences right some of right. us like to drive a mercedes and some of us like to drive a lexus and some of us like to you know and for whatever those reasons are that's just what we like you know and i always tell people you know, if I was to blindfold you and put you in a Lexus 600 and drove you around the block and then I took you out and put you in a, in a, in a Mercedes 500 and drove you around the block, you'd be pretty hard pressed to tell the difference, <laughs> right? It, right. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, it really all boils down to is, no, I drive a Mercedes or whatever that is, right? I, I you know, I drive a Ferrari, whatever that is, like it, that's, that's, that's a personal preference. Mm -hmm. On a commercial application, um, and you, and if you look at, um, you know, the, the amount of commercial drivers that are on the road today, the demographics are, you know, the high portion of your drivers are in their forties, you know, to mid and late fifties. We are demographically starting to get some younger people in there now in, in the last mile side, like some of the Amazons and people that guys want to go. But if you look at that traditional, you know, driver and so on in there, um, you know, that that's the range that they're in. So, and what are they interested in? Well, at the end of the day, a commercial fleet operator, commercial vehicle operator is interested in one thing and one thing only, reliability. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he, wants, he wants that vehicle to be reliable and he wants it to have form and function. So the less things that can break, the better it is. So, you know, we don't need, you know, whoopee cushions and we don't need, you know, karaoke <laughs> machines like in our Tesla singing to right. us. We don't have any of that kind of stuff, right? We just, you know. It, we got a radio and only because, you know, drivers want to have a radio to listen to. But other than that, nobody cares. Um, so the types of things that we really look for is if you're in, the, in, a, in a commercial vehicle and you're opening and closing the door a lot, you know, um, the sliding doors on the back, the types of handles, the types of bearings, the tracking that they go. Because that, that door opens and closes and opens and closes and opens and closes and opens and closes all day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's not like a gentle close. It's a slam. It's an open. It's a slam. It's a slam. It's much like, have you ever, you know, sat up in business class or first class in an airplane and finally they're all ready to go and, and they get the call to close the door and the stewardess closes the door and it's like, you think that you're going to get knocked out. She's like, wow, and everything's <laughs> really hard. And you're like, oh my gosh, like that thing must weigh 500 pounds or something like that. And, and, and it's just like, it's just because they do it all over every day, every day. And they don't care. They just slam the thing closed. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go. Right. Right. And yeah. so the commercial vehicle is the same way that. The roll-up door at the back goes up and bang, it comes down, or the sliding doors open and close and open and close and open and close. 
So those types of things are, we paid very close attention to them. The steps on the back, durability, right? Flooring, um, you know, the types of tires that, that we use and, and, you know, just general interior goods and, and layout, you know, how things are laid out and accessibility and how easy is it to get in and out of the driver's seat over and over and over and over and those types of things. So, um, right. yeah, so we work a lot with operators. We talk to a lot of people and, you know, in many applications, people don't have a choice. You know, you just go down to the to the Ford dealership and you'll buy a Ford and it's like, that's what it is. And that's what you get and take it. Right. Away. Yep. So um, we try to we try to understand, you know, the specific applications for people and, you know, hey, what's most important to you? And, and I'm not saying that we can change everything. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we, you know, we take a lot of things into consideration when when doing that, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, I think the one thing that impressed me the most when I was doing research is uh, on the on your YouTube channel, there was that lock for the hinge so the back doors can stay open. Right. Like, I thought that that detail is so small, but it's so interesting that that was something you 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 thought about. Because for most door hinges, you know, there's like little notches that you can leave the door locked in. But that doesn't mean it's physically going to stay open. I thought that was pretty cool. And um, the other thing that I thought was really cool about your van was the um, ability to add shelves. Like you get this this flat floor space, but there's there's uh, spots on the the side of the vehicle that you can add shelving units to really customize it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so those types of things, right? And last mile delivery stuff, and what does it mean? And and things like charging ports, like earlier vehicles, like. Um, Here's, here's an example. You open the charger, put your plug the charger in. Somebody, if you get to plug it, then you'd start the vehicle and drive off and rip the charger out of it. You, you can't do that anymore. Now it has a little right. magnetic <laughs> lock that slides through. It's a pin, and you know, and the vehicle physically won't start while that charger's in there. So you, you have to you have to disconnect the charger from it, and and then and then the charger door, you know, is it's just behind the driver's door. So the charger door has to be closed in order for the, the driver's door to close. So mm-hmm. you know, how many people have you seen when they go down the road and they, their gas cap is open and they left the gas cap <laughs> behind and it's dangling around? And right. So all, all those types of things, you can't do that. You physically can't close your door and go anywhere because the charger door is open. You have to open your door, close the charger door, and then the outside lip of the outside door passes over the lip of the charger door so it can never be pulled open or be left open or get tapped. And it, lots of that type of stuff that you, you really think about it and like, Okay, yeah, I I get it. I see why that would be important, and so um, right. we make those changes, and and so they're subtle, and you may not notice them, but they're but there's a real reason behind it, you know. Definitely. So when like a, a company's looking to electrify, at what point do they like come to you? Like, do you work with them to kind of consult and figure out when it's best to electrify, or or when are companies kind of making that decision? Yeah, I I think you know here. Well, here's the truth, right? everybody has range anxiety. They're like, Oh my God, like, you know, I, I, I can't buy one of those because I can't go far enough. And right. I'm like, okay. Um, so what do you need to do? Like, what do you drive now? Well, I got this van over here. And, all right. So if I fill it full of gas, how far will it go? 300 miles. Like I, I, I got to go 300 miles. Okay. But how far do you drive every day? You know, well, I don't have time to go fuel every day, but, but well, you're not going to go fuel every day, <laughs> you know, and because it's, you don't put gas in it. Right. So, um, you know, so our vehicles go 225, 150 to 225 miles, depending on what you're doing. The average person is driving, you know, last mile deliveries between 75 and 125 miles. Even if you were stretching it out to 150, 175, the type of client that we're after is not so much 
spending its day driving, but spending mm-hmm. a lot of time loading and unloading stuff, like getting right. things on, getting things out, getting things yep. in, getting things out. So they don't have a lot of that. So they have a lot of idle time. For us, there is no idle because the vehicle's just powered up. So what's really nice about it is um, when they're loading, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, in certain areas, they, they pull in their diesel truck and they're not allowed to let them run while they're loading and stuff like that because of pollution. Well, then they turn them off and then they get hot inside because it's, you know, 80, 90, 100 degrees outside and it takes them right. half an hour to cool them down. The guys are frustrated. And electric vehicles don't have that issue. Just pull into the loading, open your doors, you're going to load. You can, you know, close the van door and you can keep the AC on because the AC is electric. It keeps the vehicle cool. You know, it, it's just it's just really great. So once they understand that, you know, the, the range anxiety, I always tell people, you know, you don't send your driver to the fuel station every day, you know, and it costs you money to send your driver to the fuel station every second or every third day. Right. They're like, well, that's true. You don't ever have to send your driver to the fuel station because when you come back at nighttime or during the day, you can top charge. If you're loading at a place and you've got a charge port there, you can plug in. Or when you come back at nighttime, you can simply plug your vehicle in and it'll charge in two to four hours. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. And then in the morning when you get there, you just simply it's no different than your pre-trip. Instead of checking oil, just unplug the charger. There's no oil to check, right? There's no antifreeze. There's no coolant. There's, you know, there's no transmission fluid. There's none of that stuff. Right. So once people start to understand, they're just like, wow. And there's no oil changes every 5,000 miles. There's no transmission fluid changes every 30,000 miles. There's no glycol changes every year. Like all of that's gone. All that service has just disappeared. You know, and as a matter of fact, brake jobs and tire rotation and all that stuff, it's just a lot more because you have regenerative braking in the vehicles, which mm-hmm. regenerates power back to it. So so the driver's not doesn't have as much braking applications as on and off and stuff. So brake jobs last longer. So your maintenance falls off a lot. And when they see the maintenance fall off a lot, and then the, with the price of fuel, especially these days, oh my right. goodness. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only the good Lord himself. I mean, $7 a gallon, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it's just, it's crazy. And you're paying 12 cents a kilowatt hour, 11 cents, 9 cents at nighttime. I mean, wow. You know, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, you're buying 30 gallons of diesel fuel for $210, right? Or you can charge your vehicle for, you know, 12 bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. $210 a lot easier. <laughs> and, and you're going every three days. Like, hello, yeah. do the math. So it's, you know, it's getting, it's getting really good. So that, so range anxiety is something you get over very quickly. Then they understand the maintenance side of it. And then they're like, okay, I get over that, you know, and because, you know, the vehicles themselves, as long as you've got a laptop and you're Bluetooth capable and, you know, we can help you service, we can help you look after things. And then the vehicles are built um, with the operator in mind. So we use a lot of OEM parts and people say, OEM, what is that? Original equipment manufacturers. So, you know, like the tires and the wheels and the headlights and the turn signal mechanisms and, and the brakes and all that stuff and axles and all of those things. And, you know, the, the, the taillights, clearance lights, those things are across the counter. You can get them. Mm-hmm. They're sort of plug and play. So, I mean, you can buy them from us if you need to buy them from us, but you don't need to buy everything from us. You know, it's not like, well, you got to buy it from us because we're the people that do it. No, you can get a lot of that stuff just over the counter. And once people start to understand that, they're like, wow, you know, that that's really great. And they see what it saves them in fuel. They see what it saves them in labor because they never think about what it costs to send a driver to the fuel station. Right. Or, right. you know, and yeah. sometimes they say, well, I don't care. It's an independent contractor. So it doesn't matter to me. Even worse, the independent contractor, you know, believe me. They, they figure it all out and somebody has to get paid somewhere. 
There's no free lunch. <laughs> right. We all know that, right? Yep. So yep. you know, you're like, well, I pass it on to that guy. That's okay. He just builds it into his mileage charge back one way or the other. You're, you're paying for it. So right. you know, once you can you know, really peel those layers of the onion back a little bit, people really get to see what it is. And I, and I think the other, you know, sort of the, the, you know, the elephant in the room is, you know, the fear of it, right? It's just like, well, you know, but I, or I don't know anything about it. Well, that's okay. Um, you know, we can help you with that. We can, you know, once people get in it and they, and they drive it, I always tell people, you get in one of our vans and you drive them and you're going to own one. I, I promise you, like you're yeah. going to go, well, I had no idea. Like some, they all sort of think it's like a glorified golf cart or something. They, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? But until you physically get in it, it's like, and I'm sure that, you know, if you haven't yet, but you, you soon will. And then for those of you that have, if you ever just climbed into a Tesla for the first time, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, well, let me, let me see about it. But I'll tell you what, you put your foot on the throttle on that thing and it takes off like a jackrabbit and you're like, oh my gosh, and it's perfectly quiet, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and everything's great. And, and, and so it's the same thing, right? Like it's, uh, you know, electric vehicles are, very efficient, you know, and it's not just air pollution. People don't realize this. I talk about this to fleet operators. I talk about it to city personnel, city managers, mayors of cities and stuff. How about noise pollution? Like you're inside the city and these vehicles are running and they're just non-stop. running all the time. Yeah. You know, and then the temperature and with between NOx gas and the, you can raise the core temperature of a city by late afternoon by as much as two degrees. Yeah. Um, if you don't have that, you know, and, and people's like, okay, well, big deal. So the temperature went up two degrees. Well, temperature goes up two degrees, you know, so now you start to get, you know, air starting to rise, wind picks up because as hot air, you know, rises, the, the wind picks up between the buildings, you get more of that. It picks up dust, it picks up pollution, it picks up, you know, AC systems are more taxed. Everything starts to work at a higher payload because, you know, it's not just, it's not just an ox gas pollution. It's, it's air pollution. It's noise pollution. It's wind, all of those things, are, are a direct result of a, an internal combustion engine. And people don't really think about it. They don't see it. And yeah. and back in the day when there was no choice, nobody ever brought it to your attention because nobody cared. It's like, well, this is what we got. <laughs> so right. and now I really care. It's just like, well, wait a minute. You know, there, there are, there, there is another way. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. Yeah, it's interesting so, you mentioned the the OEM parts. I never even thought about that because I know that's a big issue. Like we talk about on the podcast a lot. It's like getting repairs sometimes is difficult because all these new manufacturers are using their their like uh, proprietary parts, and it's hard to even get service sometimes because a tech mm-hmm. has to be specifically trained on that vehicle. So having that kind of streamlined definitely is incredibly valuable. Yeah, and and so I mean for us, you know, we're not really. Um, you know, I, I've never been one of these guys that believes in patents and all the, all the rest of that. It's just, um, you know, it's the old story, right? One gas station on the corner usually goes broke. Four <laughs> gas stations on four corners and everybody makes money. Right. And, and why is that? You know, and, and, and I can tell you why, because people just want the convenience. They, they, they want to be able to, you know, someone like my wife, my wife drives along and then, and, and if she's on the right side of the street and there's a gas station in the right corner and it's six dollars and eighty cents a gallon here and across the street at six dollars and twenty she doesn't care she's going for the 680 because it's mm. right here right and i'm just like huh? you know like it's it's 30 <laughs> cents cheaper over here and she's like okay well you know i'm here now right so um <laughs> and so really you know to me it's like it's about making things convenient and it's about making things available and mm. and at the end of the day you know that's really 
you know, the, the, I, I believe that that's where the real success is, is, is when, you know, when you can make something convenient for somebody and you can make something readily available to somebody and, um, and, and you know, they don't have that anxiety around, oh, my God, I, I, I got to get over to this place to get that thing fixed. And, and um, you know, we can provide that training. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're perfect and we have all the right answers or anything else like that. Right. But, you know, I used to be an operator myself before we manufactured vehicles. And as an operator, I know all too well you know, what that means when, when you're run out of a part or you're run out of something or when the yep. manufacturer's like, we don't have them, they're on back order. What do you, what do you mean they're on back order? <laughs> you know, I, I got payments to make here, you know? Right, like, right. Sorry. Yeah. And it's like, no, like there's there's no sorry. So we, we really try to do that um, in terms of using original equipment manufacturers. And the other thing it does for you too is that it helps, you know, it helps you know, bring more credibility to to your vehicle itself when you tell people that oh you know we use a a, a Dana Eaton axle or we're using a you know um, an OEM part like a, a like a Grote light or a clearance light and like oh I know, well, I know those we, we have those on the shelf right now right. And it, <laughs> yeah exactly. you know what I mean yeah. and kind of brings that familiarity people for understand sure. it like wow okay well that's great you know I, I didn't realize that and so you know door bearings and hinges and and these types of things and you know they're not unique they're not they're not a widget that only fits in our deal right like it, it's right. not a jetson deal right right yeah <laughs> yeah so um phil i have a, a question for you regarding like kind of uh to uh jump on what alex was talking about with like offering like oem parts and making sure that that's available what do you guys offer like a full circle solution in terms of charging uh solutions as well yeah we do so we're just finalizing you know it's an interesting that you should ask that question because um you know it's it's a point that's well taken and you know we've all heard the stories over the last four or five months right like you know and i won't mention any names but xyz comes to the market and just sold a thousand vehicles to this company and <laughs> complete garbage right first of all nobody can even charge a thousand vehicles where, where are you doing that <laughs> yeah okay? right and, uh, you know, doing them one at a time, one right after the other. You know, you start on the first of the year and five years later, the rest of them are going. Like, it's it's such, you know, it, but but because of the companies and who they say they are and what it is they're doing and, and, and people, you know, get sucked into it a little bit. So, um, you know, really the solution, you know, to to those charging problems are, it's, it's, a, it's, and it's a very simple solution. It's called ESS, electric storage systems. And ESS is nothing more than a, huge battery that sits in the ground because um you know we've all had this like you know and i have a tesla so and i get all excited sometimes and i plug it into my my gps and, and i'm on route and it says you know do you require supercharging yes i do you know and i put it in here and stuff like that and it says preparing your batteries for supercharging now and i'm like mm -hmm. great and i come rolling up to the charging station and when i pull in there there's 10 other teslas getting a charge in there and i'm like okay so now my supercharging just went out the window Right. So if there was nobody in there, I'm going to get hit with 100 kilowatts, 200 kilowatts in 12 minutes. Boom. The battery's going to cool for a minute. And I'm on my way and gone. But now if you've got 10 or 15 cars in there and they're all pulling and it's all coming directly off the grid, you start to get this fluctuation. And so all of a sudden they can't give you 200 kilowatts. And it says recalculating charging. You know, you will hear me now for one hour and 40 minutes and you're going to get 40 <laughs> kilowatts, 50 kilowatts. And right. That's what happens. Right. And you're like, geez, great. You know what I mean? Another yeah. one. You know what I mean? No wonder I've gained 20 pounds already. You know what I mean? I go to work three times a day because I'm on the road. 
So, <laughs> and I don't mean to like exaggerate, but that, but that's that's a truth. It's what right. Happened. Yeah. So, what's happening now is, and and uh, you know, you'll start to see that for us, we realize that hey, we need to get ESS in the ground because you know if you've got enough battery power in the ground, and then when a vehicle comes along and they want to charge, and they can pull out of that power that's in the ground. Um, you don't need to pull it off the grid and we're not, we're not pulling off the AC side and getting that fluctuation. It's just DC to DC and it's a straight charge and bang, you can deliver it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then those, those ESS systems, they can pull power from the grid at nighttime. If they're coupled with a renewable source or renewable energy, like solar power above a station and all the rest of that stuff. And you've got a fully, you know, a, a full renewable and a charging application and um, you know, and and ESS in the ground, wow, that makes sense. And so for us, we have uh, we've got a number of partners that we that we've sort of tightened up with, and I think we've got a a one stop stop excuse me a one stop shop solution now that will serve you know many many people. And so we are um, we haven't announced yet, but in a very uh, very short order, you're going to see we've already built a school bus. We're very excited about bringing our school bus to market. Nice. And um, and we're waiting to um, roll that out, and we're holding off on the rollout on that until we fully executed on the charging and the ESS side, which is getting very mm -hmm. close. So right, now we'll okay. be able to go to a school board and say, hey, you want to try 20 buses or 10 buses? No problems. Here you go. Here's the charging solution. Here's the energy storage system, and here's a renewable program that can go with it. Now wow. you're talking, you know what I mean? And, and so yeah. we're very excited about that. And um, so it's the old story, right? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? So don't, <laughs> yep. don't get right. me wrong. You know, we sell plenty of vehicles and, you know, just like in the consumer space, you can drive your, you know, your Tesla home. And if you got one or two, you put them in the garage, you can plug them in and, and away you go. But you mm -hmm. can't plug in 50 of them, right? It doesn't right. work like that. So having that infrastructure in place and Tesla's done a good job about doing that on the, you know, on their electric highways and stuff like that. But most of that is all, you know, derived directly from the grid. And they are now, hence the move to, to you know, to Texas. You see what Elon's doing over there. And, um, and you know, battery storage systems are going to the ground. And they will play a big part in um, getting various states. That's why we've moved to Arkansas. And, and we're in the discussions right now with somebody else as well. We're very excited about that because they're starting to understand that, oh, my gosh, like, like, yeah, this, it's not just about selling an electric bus or selling an electric van or selling an electric truck. It, it's about an entire infrastructure. It's about, I mean, we've all seen it when they first came out with these electric chargers and they ran them all over these cities, all over the country. And people are like, oh my gosh, it's so great. And you pull up there and you, you swipe your credit card and you plug it in. And the thing tells you, you know, you'll nine hours and six minutes, you'll be done. <laughs> right. What do you mean? I just came for coffee. Right. And, and so... <laughs> So that's all changing, and, and so I'm very excited about that, about that. Definitely. That's great. I mean, it just it just like the the history of Envirotech, and just like all the thoughtfulness that went into the design from the ground up and the entire solution. I mean, I just think that this is going to be incredibly successful. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're very excited. I mean, I'll share with you a little story, and I, I I always I don't like to put names out there sometimes, but we did it. <laughs> We did a presentation with a with a delivery company, a freight delivery company, and 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 in our one of our earlier vehicles, um, we decided that we were going to make it um, very a little bit Jetsony in t in terms of inside. 
So we had some iPads in the dash and so on, sort of like Tesla and was just like flat screen stuff, real, you know, like real great stuff and, you know, very straightforward. And, um, and we sent it out on, on, a, on a demonstration, on a presentation, and we were very excited about it. And we had tested it, tested it, tested it, tested it. We knew it was going to do tremendously well. And the next day, we got a call from the, from the person that was operating it. And um, he's just like, hey, Phil, you know, hey, really love that thing, but I think you better come down here because it doesn't work. And I'm like, pardon? What do you mean it doesn't Uh-oh. work? Like, it's like, <laughs> it, 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 of course it works, right? So, <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I knew you were going to say that, but come on down. So I got, I got to meet his senior driver and, and the guy was a little bit sheepish at first. And, and he's like, oh, so you're, you're going to come here to show me how it's done. And, and, uh, and I immediately knew that, okay. Um, so I, I knew that I was going to find something straightforward, but I, I changed my approach to it. I told the guy, I said, Hey, no, wait a minute. Um, I, I'm genuinely interested in, forget about the, the truck for a minute, but, Share, share with me what your experience is. And he goes, well, actually, it's a pretty nice little truck and it, and it does its job, he said, until it didn't. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, it just stopped. And I'm like, okay. Um, so is it here? And he goes, yeah, so over here, let me show you. So we go over there and we get into the vehicle and we take a look at the vehicle and he's like, I'm like, well, what's up exactly? He goes, I, I can't get it to move. And uh, so we parted it up and I'm like, yeah, okay. And uh, I said, well, here's why. Like, you, you've got about five screens open on on the, on the you know, literally on your dash here, right on your iPad. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so the truck thinks that you're loading. And so it, it's, oh, not, interesting. it's not going to move. And I said, so if you, if, you, if you close this out and close this out, because what's happened is you don't close it out, you open up something else and you did, forgot to close it. And then you open up something else and forgot to close it and, and I said, if you just simply close it out, and now if you just put your foot on a brake and push that, and woo, and see it says ready on the dash, it's ready to go now. <laughs> wow. And, and the guy says, yeah. He said, I, I knew that was going to happen. And I'm like, okay. And, and so I said, well, look, I'm sorry about that and everything else. And, and as I'm getting to, ready to walk away, the guy looks at me, and he, and he says, um, Phil, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, can I share something with you? And I said, sure. He said, see, you don't get it. And I said, I'm sorry. He said, you don't get it. You don't understand. And I said, tell me what, tell me what I'm missing. What's wrong. And he said, well, let me, let me tell you something. He said, see, see these boxes in the back of this truck. I said, yeah. He goes, see, see, if I don't get them out of the truck, I don't get paid. And, And if I don't get paid, then I can't, I can't pay my mortgage and I can't look after my wife and my kids. So, so I get, this is all great and, and everything else like that. But, and I said, you know what? Thank you so much. And I don't want to mention names or anything and who it is, but I said, you know something, I'm going to, I'm going to do something about that. And he's like, okay. And, <laughs> and I left. And so our call to change was a very simple one. We looked at the demographics and, and, and I'm the first to admit, I'm 62 years old and 61 years old, and I am somewhat technically challenged. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can open my laptop and, you know, and, you know, the 15 things I know how to do, I know how to do well, right? But my seven-year-old son can, like, take a TV remote and run rings around me. With it. <laughs> like, he can find stuff on there in two seconds, and I'm still trying to get out of Netflix or whatever I'm trying to do. <laughs> 
And so, and I understand that about myself. And so, and now here's a guy that, you know, is probably just a little bit more challenged than I was. And so, and then I look at the demographics of most of these drivers and I thought, wow, you know what? The guy had a good point. So we immediately, and it was a very simple change because it was just a dash change. We, we get rid of those, those iPads and we went straight back into essentially an analog system. Mm. We have a speedometer in there instead of an, an RPM gauge. Now, you know, that, that now displays, you know, the, the state of charge of your battery, oh, you know, nice. the, the radios in the same place, the air conditioning controls are exactly the same thing. As far as the ergonomics of it, if you jump up into that van, you go, <clears throat> Oh my gosh. Like, you know, it even has like where the cigarette lighter is, but there's no cigarette lighter, but you know, like there's, <laughs> there's a USB port in there. Right. And, you know, and it has your, you know, neutral reverse and drive. And, and, you know, we've even put a park button in there on some of the vehicles because it's connected to the park brake. And mm. we even went so far as to put an ignition key back into the ignition. So you click the key twice so that the ignition comes on and the gauges spool up and back. You put your foot on the brake and you twist the key like you're trying to start it. There's nothing to start. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. But when you twist the key with your foot on the brake, it then says ready on the dash. Mm. Gotcha. And so... Everybody gets it. They're like, wow, so how do I start it? Just put the key in here, click it twice. Yeah, put your foot on brake and twist it. Now let go. Okay, now what? Well, it says ready, right? Oh, it's running? Yeah, well, that was cool. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, they, they know right, right over they can grab the shifter knob and move the shifter knob down. They can let the park brake off, which is what's connected to it, and away they go. The headlight switches in the same place, the turn signals, all of that stuff, the ergonomics is exactly the same. It instantly became user friendly. You know, right. there's a couple small little things about this is where the master switch is and stuff. But other than, and that's no different than any other vehicle. Yeah. But once you've done it two, three times, piece of cake. Right. right. We even left glove boxes and stuff all in the same places. Right. And and it just makes a lot of sense. Now, it's not Jetsons. And then the next five to seven years, the next three to five to seven to ten, will we start to go the other way? So we start to get into more flat screens. And yes, we will, because, <clears throat> excuse me, the commercial side of things always follows the consumer side of the space, right? Mm. And so because it's all about, you know, form and function, like on the, on the delivery side, people just want to get the stuff in, get it out, get it in, get it out, get it in, get it out. They want it to run, stop, start, go, that's it, get back to the yard. Nobody right. cares. No one is in love with their delivery truck. <laughs> right. right. Just a tool. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You never, it's a tool. So it's a tool that has to make sense, and it has to be a tool that's applicable to the people that are currently using those tools. Right. And so we learned a very, you know, not an expensive lesson because it was fairly straightforward to change it, but it was a great lesson. And you know mm -hmm. what? I take my hat off to that guy and – because I was, I was going to walk, I was just getting ready to walk away. And then he said to me, Phil, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, and then he, he actually had the wherewithal to tell me that he said, look, you know what? You don't, you don't get it. You don't understand. And you know what? He was absolutely right. Yeah. Because I was not, I wasn't ever thinking about it like that. Because I did not, first of all, I don't know. I'm not a delivery guy. This guy gets paid on what he delivers. If he <laughs> right. comes back with a bunch of boxes in the truck. That's not a good. That's not a good thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it was a great lesson for us, and it was a huge eye opener. We were just like, "Wow, okay, you know, we're going to change that." Right. The thing about the doors holding the hinges. Right. 
how many guys go out there and the door blows on them and bangs on their head and they're trying to get stuff out and they're they're right. halfway out and the guy puts the boxes down the door closed and oh, he's got to get more and he has to open it. Yep. It's, you know, it was a yeah. simple fix. It was like, hey, this is easy. Let's just put this here, right? Mm-hmm. And people love it. And so those are the things. So, um, yeah, so I, we're, first of all, we're very grateful for the people that we've worked with because they've been very um, insightful and very helpful in, you know, in, in, in sharing their experiences with us. And, and, um, and I, I think that we, you know, honestly have done a good job at, you know, at listening more than, than we've been speaking, you know, we've really been paying attention to, okay, what does it take? You know, what, what's, you know, what's it going to, what's it going to take, you know, for you to try this. Right. Right. So, yeah, and cool. form and function was really the key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially in a simplistic form. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I feel like so many companies now nowadays are just like you know making things complicated for no reason. Right. And <laughs> you know, the form and function of vehicles have been like that for generations. Where you, I mean, we're get, start obviously starting to get to like push button and like you know where you can use your phone as a key. But to have a simple key to start a car, that. I mean, it's just so simple and it works and that's what people are used to. And that's kind of like what we're seeing with the industry is that there's so much complexity for no reason, just to make it futuristic. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So it's like, (laughs) why try it? (laughs) It's all about capturing. It's all about capturing the last dollar. Like for the longest time, you know, you know, in America, we were, Hey, let's, 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 let's just make things happen and let's just get them go. And now it's about, Niche market. If I hear that one more time, it's going to hit myself over the head. Right? <laughs> People like tell me, you know, what, what's your niche market? Right? I don't have one, and I don't. I want something that that is just that that people can get in it and they can understand it in in five minutes or less. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just, and that's that's what's perfect about it, right? And I can absolutely promise you, like in every one of our vehicles, if you if you're driving any kind of a delivery van or a truck, you will get it in two minutes or less. You'll go, okay straightforward right it's yeah. it's just really that simple and so and and for me it's about it's about a, a convenience thing right like getting let's trade that and sell that and let's get this here and the more we get out into the market the cheaper and cheaper they'll become i mean we've you know we've seen huge like our vehicles in in terms of price you know uh, in, in terms of our retail dollar has fallen as much as thirty thousand dollars in 12 months Wow, and so that's awesome! It's super exciting, and and um, so yeah, we're 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 very blessed, you know. Praise God that you know that uh, you know He's sort of given us the insight and um, you know and and the understanding to be able to you know to, to see the bigger picture, and so we're we're, we're very excited. Oh, that's definitely. Great. Well, we're excited well, for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where can people go find more information or get in contact with you if they want to electrify? Sure. So um, there's many places you can go to. So, um, you know, EV, like electric vehicles, so EVTVUSA.com uh, is a great place to go to on, on our website. Um, and uh, and God willing, it'll be up and running. It's it's about to go through some changes. It's going to, um, we spent a, a lot of money over the years building product and very little money telling people and letting people know who we are <laughs> and what we were doing. Yep. Because I, I didn't really believe in it and shame on me. Um, like, you know, I always looked at a marketing dollar as, as, as a lost research dollar. So, um, <laughs> it, but I, that has come to bite me in, in the proverbial rear end a little bit. But <laughs> on the other side, we do actually have some amazing vehicles that are homologated and on the road and, and in service. 
so um so yeah so i i i don't know but now we're you know now i and, and, and obviously we're everyone's like hey phil we really need to expand on our marketing side and get that going so we are going through some changes there so our website's probably the best place to go or just google envirotech vehicles um you know the exciting news is is over the next uh 30 to 60 days we are uplisting to the nasdaq and so we'll become a nasdaq traded company so we're super excited about that nice. and, that's awesome so, yeah and so give us a call um you go to the website you'll see you know you'll see me up there go to the staff you'll um, I'm easy to get a hold of. Our numbers, our emails, and stuff are all posted. We're not. We don't have any ivory towers at our place. Uh, if you ever come to our factory, you'll find me on the floor. And most, in fact, I don't even have an office. Um, my office is on the factory floor. And so we're going through a, a big cleanup and, and development stage right now. And uh, so we're very excited. So. That's and awesome. this article, you know, I'm sure that you'll post it out there so people can see it. And so, <laughs> oh, for right. sure. Yep. Anything we can do, and I and and. And if you're a vehicle operator and you want to test one or you want to try one out, give us a call. We do have a number of them scattered all across the country. I'd love to drop one off to you, get you in it. Um, you know, and if, if that's not possible, then we'll get you on an airplane. And if you can fly out, I'm happy to host you. And uh, for an evening or two, we'll buy you some dinner, get you in some vehicles. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, we'll, uh, you know, we'll get to share a great meal and break some bread. But um, I go. promise you, if you drive one, you'll own one. I That's think awesome. we're going to have to take you up on that. Let me know when you're ready to come and we'll get them all out there. And it's just fun stuff, especially driving the right-hand vehicles. Like, the most fun right. about that is, is, you know, watching people trying to figure out what side of the road to be on. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. It's That's very funny. fun, but you'll have to come out. We'll, we'll look forward to it. You know, make sure you're there. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for joining us, Phil. We really appreciate it. It was really great hearing about all these vehicles. Definitely. No, that's, it's so good. And, and thank you so much for having me. And, and God bless you guys. And God bless all your listeners. And, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. Okay. God bless you. Thank Definitely. you, Phil. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.